Week two, Terry Funk. Gotta be a speed episode. No time for names. Ah, ah, not Terry Funk. Yeah, he ate second dog. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about his movie career first. Yeah, let's really get into his movie career. No, no, no. First off, though, that was the one thing we didn't cover in week one. This man. All right. He's the bad guy in Roadhouse. He was in four movies. What? I only know him in Roadhouse. He was in four movies. How good do you think those movies were, John? Roadhouse was great. Okay, Roadhouse. What's another movie he was in? The Dark Man. Over the Top. Oh, yeah, he's in Over the Top. And he's also in Paradise Alley starring Stallone as Frankie the Thumper. How did he meet Stallone? He's also in Time Stalkers. Haven't heard of that one. How How does he know Stallone? Also, he's in Quantum Leap. He's in an episode of Quantum Leap. Fuck, yeah. This man, I will say this. Terry Funk's acting roles, uh, I guess, are kind of like Daniel Day Lewis's acting roles. He only does the, he only does the manliest shit. I assume he's holding off for like a seventh Expendables, and Terry Funk will be one of the Expendables. Of course he will. Terry Crews can't take Terry Funk's. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh, that one smells on the. I microphone. keep track of which mics I use. I'll tell you that. I don't think you do. I don't know how him and Stallone. I'm assuming Paradise Alley. They would have become uh, Franz. Or through Billy Bob Thornton, who Terry Funk grew up with. Yeah, Billy Bob Thornton grew up with Terry Funk. Yeah, which is I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. How does the coolest wrestler grow up with the least cool actor? He's not the least cool actor. He's pretty uncool. Corey Haim is the least uncool. No. At least Corey Haim doesn't have a blues band. Yeah, that's the problem. I was going to say, Billy Bob Thornton's main problem is he thinks he's a musician. Yeah. uh, He's from that, like mid 90s actor planet hollywood time where it's like i get a restaurant and uh yeah. a dabble in uh, um, I'm not saxophone a, i'm not a celebrity i'm what you call an auteur now if you'll excuse me i'm gonna go star in expendables 11 <laughs> this time it's just snipes um so let's do when we have cognitive memories of terry funk terry funk really reinvents himself he's crazy really reinvents himself in this in the nwa way where it's like he'll hit you a bunch and then he'll lose a match where he where we both bleed and uh, maybe get choked with a chain uh and then he comes into ecw basically in ecw no we got it no before that death matches first yeah death matches are pre predated these no actually ecw does predate the death matches because um, he's, cause he, he's brought into ecw because ecw is like all the territories at this time they're part of the like the NWA still ish, and they're bringing in people like Jimmy Snuka, Don Morocco, Terry Funk. Yeah, and it, Funk claims to have uh, started ECW. It was him. He was on the first show. No, I mean he like started it. What? Yeah, him, Todd Gordon, Joel Goodart. Fuck someone else. It was Joel Goodart? Sure. This is Todd Gordon's business partner. I don't know why I... No, because Terry Funk at least claims he's like, yeah, it was me. I was on the first show. It was me, Todd Gordon, the, uh, I guess Joel Gerda. He was talked about this in the Austin podcast, and he says like he did his first show, and then at the end of it came out and was like, apologized to the crowd and said, stick with us. We're going to be good. Yeah, he did do that. And, uh, he, and he said... No, yeah, he says like, he's like, yeah, I started this. Like, it's because part of it was is that they need they a lot of the a lot of the old timer wrestlers always knew that if you wanted to build build a promotion that would compete with Vince, you needed to do it in Philadelphia, because Philadelphia was a crossroads. It was the best wrestling town on the East Coast. It mm-hmm. had never held a territory before. No one had just ever tried to put one there because it was too close to Vince and too much in his stronghold. But it was the only place where the NWA and the WWF could both go on the same day, and both sell out their buildings. Yeah. It was also the only place where the NWA would be a bigger building than the WWE, always. Mm-hmm. So it was not a Vince Terran. It was an, uh, an NWA town, but it was on the East Coast. So it was still also exposed to Vince's product. So the logic was that Terry Funk and a lot of those guys were always pushing for that because as much as they Terry respected Vince and would use him as a paycheck, he did always think that the territories were the better way to do it and you needed more competition. And we're also resident to work for WCW because they did not trust Eric Bischoff and didn't. And although at that time it would, yeah, it was Eric Bischoff was just coming into being powerful. Yeah. Well, um, this is like 93. We're talking about the rotating. 
I mean, I, I can't keep track of it. No, at that point. It was like Eric, Watts. This is like the Bill Watts, Jim Hurd. No, that's like, all this before. Is now. Eric, Eric Bischoff had it for about 18 months before Hogan. Yeah, before Hogan. Yeah, and then got Hogan through the flare hookup quiz we all we've all heard about but yeah. this is um so he starts out it's eastern championship wrestling eastern championship wrestling through that he arranges a uh conversation with dennis Coruzo, who's the president of the nwa at that time makes sure that they're in the nwa so that championship still comes around terry funk does promise to be there as a, someone who's going to make the other wrestlers mm-hmm. um there's no discussion of he received a fee throughout, but they think that he he may have been paid off to do so, because one of the things that was very important is that a lot of times these old timer '80s wrestlers would no show. That never happened, so they think Funk had a word. As well, Terry then also pushed them very much to um, get in the NWA for a little bit, but then also said we got to get out of this. This is bullshit. Not realizing what they were gonna do was put the belt on Shane Douglas. Shane Douglas would throw it down and declare himself the ECW World Heavyweight Champion. Mm-hmm. As well, uh, Shane Douglas was the first guy that Terry Funk said we can really make that guy. Um, this is also when Paul Heyman takes over the book from Eddie Gilbert. Paul Heyman and Terry Funk were friends from back when the most recent I Quit match Terry Funk run. So Paul Heyman knew that he had the asset in the older wrestler. Also, um, Paul Heyman grew up on Vince's um, TV in the 70s into the early 80s where you had Bruno essentially being what Terry Funk became in ECW, which is the super older regarded champion that would have a few, the one A guy, the one A guy, the guy on the sidelines, the former amazing, the Undertaker, the fucking what John Cena is now. But more so than that, which is that they're the one A guy, but the one A guy that like he would still wrestle, but also would have like someone on the roster who was his best friend. They did it with David San Martino with Bruno, yeah, and that's where Paul Heyman got Terry Funk being this guy, and Terry Funk fucking. The work he does is so good that fucking the night they cross the line three-way dance between him, Sabu, and fucking Shane Douglas is not a hardcore match at all. It's also, you see, Sabu would have been one of the greatest wrestlers ever if that fucking guy hadn't just taken all of the pills and thrown himself in front of all of the fire. Yeah, I think it was more the second one. The fact that, like, because this is the other thing you have to mention is uh, people think, oh, Terry Funk was in ECW this time. You, you're you forgetting, like, he, he's still doing uh, Japanese shots at this point. He's you doing know? Japanese shots, and he's stopped working for All Japan at this point. He stopped working for All Japan at this point. This is also, After I think this is like an early out, 90s thing. Falling out over money and direction of the company. Yeah. Because uh, they didn't necessarily want to bring him back and ha- wanted him to stay retired. Yeah. And then he goes to like Big Japan and does, I mean, I'm just going to say this because I watched it as a kid and it really had an effect on me. He does a, he does, literally they're in a high school gymnasium and he, him and Tiger Jeet Singh have a match where uh, Terry uh, throws a clothesline, Tiger Jeet Singh ducks it and stabs him in the leg with a real sword. sword. Yeah. And then Terry Funk is throwing those big hams uh, right at his head with a fucking sword and it's like FMW baby that leads all to the various death matches he had with yeah. fucking Cactus Jack well because they do the IWA Japan King of the Death Match tournament oh, where God. it's Terry Funk and Cactus in the final and uh, he loses uh, to Cactus uh, in, in a ex- exploding was barbed it? wire match no no ropes barbed wire exploding barbed wire boards and exploding this was the the final, sorry, was an exploding ring time bomb death match where, I mean, Foley talks about in his first book where the only safe way to do it yeah. was like you had to go into the middle of the ring. Yeah. You had to go into the, exactly into the middle of the ring. But now I think we should talk about some of the uh, famous ECW moments he had uh, where it's like, because this is the point where I wanted to say he's in the 80s and before... He's really like, all oh, this crazy guy is dangerous. Mm. But this is where this crazy guy is dangerous. Like, he loses enough hair. It sounds weird. He loses enough hair, and he becomes this, like, old guy who's past it. But Jesus fucking Christ, is he trying? And the way he sells, like, even if Terry Funk, like, grabs a staple gun and goes after a guy's head or does whatever to him you always are sympathetic towards terry funk because you can just tell like this old it just looks like why is this old man fighting him what did this young guy do to this old man is the first impression you get even if the entire storyline is terry funk being the uh is being the aggressor and everything 
Oh, you know, I'm the old broken down son of a bitch. I don't know if I can do it except yeah. I will on your head and your mother. Um, nice. And then Terry Funk. Well, yeah, and that's the other thing is Funk tries to become the, the first pay-per-view where it's like Funk. We're jumping around the timeline wise here, but whatever. Uh, fu- the Funk trying to be the champion again after 20 years. That whole thing. Yeah. Uh, and he's just like, I don't even know if I want to be the champ. And Raven's like, you remind me of my dad, man. Yeah, so you- annoying. You're drunk and you you're gonna abuse me. Can't believe Terry like Raven was kind of a good guy to me. Like I kind of liked Raven because you look back on his promos like, oh, he's so fucking annoying. <laughs> such an emo bitch. It's yeah, he is such an emo bitch. It's because he looked cool at that point. And I was an emo bitch. We were both emo bitches, probably. Not me. I was fucking cool. No, you weren't. I have a big dick then. Ooh, I want to be in a play. Ooh, who wants to be in a play? It'll be about a man named Scott Levy and his friends. Ooh, John was in plays. He peed, said he down. <laughs> um, big moments for Terry. Basically, what it would be like is, here's how you knew they brought in some wrestlers that need help getting over. Okay. Terry Funk would become, they're either their opponent or their friend. With Tommy yeah. Dreamer, it was... He they were he was his mentor. With Shane Douglas, he was his perennial opponent. With Sandman, he was a guy that Sandman would hit with a stick because even fucking Terry Funk was like, "I'm not wrestling that guy." <laughs> Keep that. That's why they made it a three way dance at the fucking one night stand or no, at a fucking barely legal. Is that Terry Funk essentially had the Sandman rule? Was like, nah, life's too short. I'm not wrestling the drunk guy. Really. That's that was an implied thing in a shoot interview I watched yesterday. And everyone thinks like, here's the funny thing is because everyone's, your thought is okay. Well, Terry Funk was in ECW from '93 and '97, right? No. Obviously, yeah. He went back to WCW for a bit. Yeah. In '94, he just reappeared. He uh he fought Tully Blanchard to a double DQ. He was part of uh, the, uh, the the stud stable with uh, Colonel Robert Parker, baby. Yeah. How's this for a lineup? Bunkhouse Buck, Terry Funk, Arn Anderson. And Ming? Yeah. Just Ming? Two? Little thing Those cowboys and Ming? Well, because Ming was uh, Colonel Robert Parker's bodyguard. Ming's great. What would happen is uh, Colonel Robert Parker would interfere and then Ming would make lunging Tai Chi moves. I loved loved Ming's finishing move of like, I've got your chin. Yes. My chin. (laughs) He's going to rip his goddamn chin off. Uh, I like that. I know it wasn't supposed to be. It was supposed to be a throat hold. Yeah. Because uh, that's the 90s and martial arts was just like, he, ri- you can rip a fucking throat out. Yeah. But uh, Ming, Ming may have been, I just need, they need more Mings, goddammit. You need guys who are just like, what's your martial arts background? I overeat. <laughs> I'm a brick shit house of just pancakes. Oh, but here's the thing with Ming is Ming is Rep, not arguably, pancake, everyone rep, of, his, of that generation was like, just be aware. Ming will fuck you up. Mm-hmm. Like he was the baddest of the bad. Except he bit for? a guy's nose off in a bar yeah. in the late eighties, and then just left. Yeah, with the guy's nose in his butt. Now, whoa! He put the and the guy was like, "I smell poo poo." <laughs> is that is that the real? Is that it? That's exactly it. The other thing to keep in mind with Terry Funk in this era, he also just kept leaving ECW when they wouldn't pay him enough money. <laughs> because that's the thing man like he doesn't buy into his own shit absolutely not he doesn't buy into anything he just is like yeah well i got a wife and our kids to support so uh, i'll see you later <laughs> also the uh uh king of the death match i do want to say this uh was all in the same night yeah same afternoon jesus fucking christ glass and all that shit oh god that book is crazy when he w- mick foley walks into his door his house and they're like what's burning and he's like that would be me <laughs> um, it's terrifying so terry funk also in this period this is when cactus jack goes to ecw certain things happen such as could be on again oh no well that's the this is the give me a chair everyone throws all their chairs this is also the, the fucking flaming chair moment the, fl- the scariest well, they lit a fan on fire Oh, man. Funk talking about that, where he's like, yeah, I don't know how we got out of that, but we didn't have to pay any money, and the son of a bitch is still scarred. (laughs) He was pissed off at the fan for suing? He was lit lit a fan on fire and was mad at the fan. Well, their (laughs) point, and it's how they won, was you're not supposed to be stood where you were stood. You stood there. Yeah. That's how they won. 
Really? Where, where was the guy stood? The guy was stood. By the way, the reason why he didn't know is that he was technically in front of the guardrail. I also want to say we uh, said stood instead of standing. Where was he stood? Where you stood? Where we stood? Yeah. I got my little pecker wants to say hello to your mouth. <laughs> my little pecker wants to say hello to a woman's mouth. John's does for a little girl. I'm not a pedophile. You're a fucking gay pedophile. Oh, John's starting a boys' ranch. Does anyone? We actually have a Patreon account. Um, don't <laughs> put any money in it. Just join John's boy ranch. Yeah, it's for where men are men and boys can mm. ride horses as well and be treated in a horses awful. means John's dick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a pedophile, you're a pedophile. Yeah, Dylan is a pedophile. Dylan is the Jimmy Savile of the internet. Oh, uh, what's Jimmy Savile? I haven't even heard of that. <laughs> Because I haven't even heard of what that is. Means I don't even. Oh, if you're in North America, look up Jimmy Savile. It'd be like, all right, Canadian terms, Rick the Temp. If in, yeah. uh, it'd be like if in Canadian terms, Rick the Temp was a pedophile. In American terms, I don't know. Everyone on Entertainment Tonight. Yeah. It'd be like if Mark McGrath. Imagine if that beautiful boy from Sugar Ray turned Imagine out to be a diddler. It, as it turned out, John Tesh had his fucking fist in an eight-year-old. No, it'd be legit. It would be Ryan Seacrest, though. Yeah, it would be Ryan Seacrest. Hey, next up on the show, what's a one-year-old up to? <laughs> Chugging one. Seacrest style. Seacrest style. Chugging one. Did you chug one? That's what I'm going to say if I have a daughter. What's up? You want a date? You chug one? Ha ha. I'm going to make sex so wrong to you. You'll you'll never feel love. You'll never feel love. Because you're just going to hear the your father saying chugging one. Ah, that was a good one. Your mom chugged a couple. That's for sure. <laughs> okay. Terry Funk. Um, we need to get back on Terry Funk. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, this is the... I'll, I'll so they also lit him on fire. Also, Paul Heyman. Uh, Paul Heyman's dad was one of the most successful... Uh, yes. Pop, um, Which is how they got out of the... I mean, this is on, this is on the three-hour ECW thing, but the that's how they got out of using a dude's car and the Psychosis Ray match. And also the mass transit incident. Mm-hmm. Um, which is the scariest one because it's like, you want a blade? I'll use a carpet knife. Oh, no. Well, that's the funny. That was the thing that when you read up on Paul Heyman when it's like, yeah, Paul Heyman, uh, this is this fucking rinky-dink promotion. was This guy was living with his, in his mom's basement. I was like, his parents were very well off. Odds are that basement was fucking wicked. <laughs> also, odds are is that he was making no money. Yeah. Like, there's one thing that they're like, he, they are like legit. He wasn't making any money from that. Like everyone yeah. is aware of that. And B, it was like, part of it is like, I love ECW, but none of those wrestlers should have have the career and the notoriety that they have, with the exception of Mick Foley, Terry Funk, Steve Richards, Taz. Taz, really? Yeah, Taz in his ECW run was awesome. Shane Douglas should have a bit more of the career of a career, but the rest of it, like Sandman, does not know how to wrestle. Sabu is dangerous in the way he does business. It's yeah, awesome. but Sa- no, Sabu's great. I love him, but he's like, a territory guy though. He's like he's yeah. he's like his uh, he's like his uncle was. He's like the Sheik. I guarantee he's like Terry Funk was man. That's why that uh, that's why that no ropes barbed wire match was fucking insane because they do this shit because ECW's like we're ECW we're just like. And it sounds weird, but like they, c- it wasn't safer than the Japanese death matches, but it just wasn't as convoluted. Yeah. So they just had a no ropes barbed wire match. That's it. The only and that was the first one in the states they said, and then everyone will be pissy like, oh no, we did another one. I'm like, yeah, but this is wrestling. You just say you're the first one. Yeah. And then of course Sabu fucking just Gets showing how tough. Intentionally yeah, tears his fucking ring, tears his bicep, tapes it back together. They get so tangled in the barbed wire that Terry Funk is about to die. Yeah, they can't move anymore, and they have to spend five minutes cutting them out of the fucking wire. Carefully, and Sabu <laughs> and Sabu wins the title. That's how Sabu won. Yeah, game. because Sabu just like rolled the barbed wire, and, and they said he pinned him. him. Yeah, he pinned him. Which uh, is but, so fucking. But, what a fucking amazing. Uh, but the thing is, is also that's the, before we get to barely legal. That's one of the coolest ways to win a title. I just want to say this. That's one of the coolest ways. Oh my for God, both yeah. guys to win a title and lose a title, respectively. Exactly. Yeah, but I said it. John. First. Yes, Dylan. 
Exactly. Um, but also look at all of the wrestlers that at this point, up before Barely Legal, Terry Funk essentially made. With the assumption of fucking Sadman and Sabu, he had a run with every single one of those mm-hmm. guys and built them up to the place that they needed to be. So by the time they got to that pay-per-view, they were established stars with established storylines. The entire fucking fan base, because they were so fucking smarky and aware, knew what he had done business-wise for the company. And then they did the smartest thing with said have him come into the company and win the title and it was fucking awesome yeah and have him win the title in like a roll up so he actually so he's like he's beaten down he wins in like a quick wrestling move you know like the way he won the title you kind of had to make him win the title i i guess i mean it always kind of rang weird with me where it's like it's a really good story or whatever but if i'm just getting an ecw at this point about like how that old guy beat that young guy you know what i mean Mm. that's still i still don't really like that kind of stuff I don't know. I mean, I'm literally complaining about something that happened 19 years ago just to be a tit, but also, like, you gotta. T- you, I need I to fill air on a podcast. What, God damn it. What, do you, what do you not like about it? I just don't like it when, like, he wrestled two matches in the same night and then beat your, like, unbeatable champion. Like, that shouldn't happen. Yeah, but there was background towards it, and that match with Raven was supposed to be <sighs> way longer, but they were running out of time. If you watch... No, 100%. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, no, I totally get what you're what you're saying. I yeah. understand exactly. It's just that I just think pro wrestling as a thing, like, I would really like it if uh, certain... Like, I think certain stuff from, like, actual fighting should be keep... Like, there should be certain rules in pro wrestling that are just the that are just rules because that's how you build up any type of performance. Is you have rules for what can and can't happen, and uh, I think that like it would have been I mean it would have been such a downer and it would have been stupid. But I just think that in wrestling, more times when a guy wrestles twice in a night and someone hasn't wrestled, uh, he should lose. Like how cool would it be one time upon wrestling, just on on Raw? Like oh. Uh, Sami Zayn is it's his third match of the night and they're really going with Sami Zayn and he's going to face Kevin Owens and you know yeah, it's going to be a great match out of him. yeah for 10 minutes no offense pins him like Absolutely. I, yeah I think it'll be great like like if the funk yeah I don't know you can't do that for barely like obviously you can't do that for your first pay-per-view of all time but I just mean like it at just, some point I agree it yeah. would have been amazing yeah you're and not it's, wrong and it's like it's also I don't know. It's ECW, and they didn't really need it at that point, obviously. But it's like, oh, this is this different product, and it's still like using the same old wrestling tricks. But then again, who it's cares? Super works <laughs> is considered one of the best pay per views of that era. Uh, one of that, yeah. I mean, of course, it's one of the because it's a new thing, and it's also the only time that ECW in ring was actually watchable. Because as soon as they move away, because Terry Funk's gone from ECW, pretty sharpish here. Yeah, pretty well because this is one of his many retirements. This is what they cover in Beyond the Mat, where Brett comes in and they have a like a fucking huge salute to him in Amarillo. And they give him yeah, and and uh, Paul Heyman gives him the e- the forever ECW championship. Yeah, that he made the boys pay for, which is weird. Also, it's weird they still call them the boys because they're on a boys' ranch, and Terry Funk takes what he wants from the boys. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes the boys. The boys want to get cookied. And sometimes they want kisses. And sometimes they want kisses. All right, so let's take a quick Brock. We'll take a quick and, Brock uh, Obama. talk about, uh, and then talk about... Uh, Chainsaw Charlie. Chucky Chucky Charles. His WCW run. Chainsaw Chuck. WCW. And then, has he wrestled in the last 16 years? You fucking bet he has. Oh, is he giving promos at, ma- at uh, events even like last week? Yes, he is. See you in a sec, you fucks. Ooh, what a break we're having. That was such a good episode of the Wrestler Review again. Ladies and gentlemen, please rate and subscribe to the Wrestler Review. Of course, we also want to review it. Please review our podcast for the love of fucking Christ. And also, guys, give us some money. Not with a Patreon. Nope. Or some sort of naughty Amazon link. We don't want you to give us money for a goddamn nothing, right? Here's what we want you guys to do. We both have comedy albums. Please buy those comedy albums on our website, thejohnhastings.com. That is John's website. And dylanagot.com. The A is for awesome. I'm an awesome guy. dylanagot.com, thejohnhastings.com. Please buy our comedy albums. We love you. Please make love to us in our beds while we're naked. The A is for Atherton. (laughs) You guys are fucks. 
fuck you. Hey. Fuck, um, fuck you. Terribly oh, hey, uh, send, us, send us a number of your girlfriends. <laughs> we want to text her our dicks. <laughs> we want to text your girlfriends our dicks. <laughs> Terry Funk leaves. Easy it up. Easy it up. Be and, you. And joins WC. No, he joins WWF. Ooh. Joins WWF as Chainsaw Charlie, which was the stupidest idea ever. As you addressed in last week's episode, it was his idea, which I didn't Absolutely know. Absolutely his idea. Which no one really understood, but they were like, well, let's just go along with it anyway. Gets into a program with the New Age Outlaws, which is fine. Oh, oh, fine. No, I really liked it. It was great, and it was exactly what I the don't. I didn't need to be a dumpster match. They should have just had a fucking hardcore Texas Tornado tag. Like, you know what I mean? I liked the dumpster match. I liked everything. I literally liked everything about that feud because here's what I liked. Uh, the Outlaws had just beaten the Road Warriors. And the other thing is... I don't know if they just beat the Road Warriors, but they've gone over the Road Warriors recently, and then they beat up another like legendary tag team. And the the thing you have to remember for the Outlaws at this point is this is the last. I can't remember the last time, and I'm including the Hardys and Edging Christian. Like the Hardys, Edging Christian, and the Dudleys got themselves over by having fucking crazy matches with each other. Yes, I can't remember the last time they li- they just were like, okay, this tag team we're taking to the top because these guys are badasses. Like, they invested in bringing in Road Warriors to have them lose to the Outlaws, and then they invested in bringing... And then you're thinking of a guy who wrestled for a fucking WWF title, and then, like, Chainsaw Charlie, who, on first appearance, like, who's this fucking insane man? This insane homeless man just has a chainsaw. That's his whole character. And st- yeah. And, is, and, is and they're beating the shit out of them. Beating the fucking shit out of them fair and... Like, pretty much fair and square, because, like, the way they win the dumpster match, if I remember correctly, is... One of them beats up uh, Charlie to the point where they can two on one mix. So that's that's fair no, within. That's not. A, they they won the match. They lose the dumpster match at WrestleMania 14, but they get put in the wrong dumpster. They get put in an unsanctioned dumpster in the back, mm-hmm. which was technically against the rules. So they get a cage match the next night. Yeah, and then they they take out Terry Funk as Chainsaw Charlie really really quickly, handcuff yeah. him to the ring, and beat the fuck out of. Uh, Mick Foley, which leads to the uh, advent of the new DX with them being part of it with Triple H. Yeah, yeah, and that's and this is the perfect two people to do it with because you get two oh guys who are like they're in, like I said, Terry Funk with his fucking like uh, with the way with his age was such a great asset to him during this period because he just elicits so much goddamn. You don't have wrestlers like that anymore who just elicit so much fucking sympathy. I'd say Sami Zayn. It is really like really good at that, but you know he's not also an old man. He's not also an old and, man. And like the yelling, like you said in the f- last week's episode, yelling in the ring adds a lot to it too, because he's just these pained screams. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Um, from that, he then goes into sort of a backstage role. Occasionally, he's working house shows, stuff like that. Mick Foley goes on to be the corporate dude love character. Then this is an interesting thing. But they would also do this cool but thing I where, wanna, like, I want to bring this up, which yep. is in the f- the the big second Hell in a Cell. Yes. When Mick's thrown off the oh, yeah, fucking yeah. Um, top of the cage, mm. Terry Funk goes into the ring to check on him because it, part of it was his idea. <laughs> of course it was. And um, to buy Mick time, he gets up. He's just, just like, oh, this guy needs a couple of seconds. Hey, Undertaker, choke slam me. Yeah. And he's like, what? He's like, just choke slam me. I'm in shoes. Just choke slam me. And they do it. And it's like that where his testament of he knows the business of like, oh, this guy's concussed. I've been concussed. He's going to need like 45 seconds. Here's something to do. Like he's a showman and he sells it. He's not warmed up. He's not anything. And he sells it so fucking good. Yeah. He explodes. Yeah. And like, yeah, that shows that he knows the business because you can recover from a concussion in 45 seconds. Yeah, everyone knows that. <laughs> um, I love late 90s. Oh, concussion? Oh, uh, well, that's like a year. I mean, post-concussion syndrome, like, you may not even, you may commit suicide one day. Oh, late 90s? Uh, give him 30 seconds. He got his bell rung because uh, we stabbed him and his wife. Yeah. Oh, he's he's a little sad because he's a bitch. <laughs> we're a man. You're not. We're a gay. Oh, are you on your head period, Terry? <laughs> I guess you're on your head period. But they would do these fun things where, like, Chainsaw Charlie and uh, Foley would just fight if they got bored. That's how the uh, dumpster match started is that uh, 
Uh, Cactus Jack just wanted to fight someone, so he just fought Chainsaw Charlie. Oh, yeah, they just blasted each other with chairs. They blasted each other with chairs, and then he got a dumpster, brought it out, threw Terry Funk into it, then did an elbow drop off the Titantron into it, and it would have looked way more badass, except for when he landed all these packing peanuts through, uh, shot up in the air. Oh, yeah. And then they put him in the dumpster match. Yeah, great run. That leads to Terry Funk becoming Terry Funk again afterwards. Put it in a tag team with Bradshaw. Retires again at Fully Loaded 1998. Here's how he does it. Um, as they're heading out to the ring, he goes, I just want to let you know, you egg-sucking dogs, that I'm going to be ending my career after this match. <laughs> I think they were trying to he make, also, like, make a joke of how much he's retired. Because keep in mind... They're, and they're now, no, no, he hasn't retired yet from ECW, but he's building up to retiring forever. Um, because it's after this, because it's leading, like, it's a Foley's championship run is when they, uh, I think, do the funk. No, they don't. No, it's funk. Fuck me. Funk has retired so much because he fights Brett in his last match in Amarillo. That's when he retires in Amarillo. And then beyond the mat. Oh, Beyond the Mat was definitely shot out of sequence because, yeah, you're right. Yeah, of course. That's what it Beyond was. Beyond the Mat was for sure shot out of sequence. Uh, but because after they... All right, so I just wanted to say something chronologically. After they do uh, lose the dumpster match, uh, Funk starts wrestling as himself, forms a sh- uh, tag team with two cold Scorpio, and then one with Bradshaw. Yeah. And then, is it, and then Bradshaw attacks him, and that's it. Which Bradshaw, is, like, weird that they, like, Bradshaw, okay, you lost the title, now we have no t- ideas for you ever. But I don't think you need it. Like, you didn't need him. Like, the, that's the thing is, it's like, he came over to do that establish and then the New done. Age Outlaws and stuff like that. Wasn't needed. He left. Goes to WCW. Um, is hired because Ric Flair walks out again and they need an old guy to beat up in the South. Actual reason. Um, no. or it will. EC, he came back to ECW for a short stint. Oh, to fight Tommy Dreamer because he thought he was going to be the mystery partner, and then it turned. Yeah, to and Jake then he Roberts. was just like, yeah, and then it was Jake Roberts. And oh, watch he, that match for no other reason that you can hear um, Terry Funk calling Tommy Dreamer a son of a bitch. <laughs> Are you son of a bitch? Yeah, it's great. Because it's the whole idea. He's like, well, yeah, I just great. assumed it was me. Oh, it makes me so happy. <laughs> so weird. It's so weird, like, they never did that real payoff with him and Tommy. And it's weird that ECW, of all promotions, like, heralded for their, like, oh, this new advent in booking and whatever, but they still, like, it's not will be like, and then they were best friends, so cheer Tommy, please. We need people to like Tommy. We need the guy who looks like he hangs outside a 7-Eleven and smokes cigarettes. Tommy Dreamer dressed like my cousin's boyfriend um he dresses like all of his uncles that were in the mafia (laughs) um tommy dreamer absolutely but the thing is is also and this is also the dying days of ecw so he comes back very briefly fucks off again because like we all we we say oh terry funk is a nice man blah 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 but pay that man his motherfucking money too like, that's the other thing. Like, because this is clearly, 98 is the last time, clearly, that ECW had any goddamn money. And you know that he was cash on delivery, like, I'm going to need to see my bag of money, you old egg sucking dog. <laughs> yeah, 100%. All right, so he goes to WCW. Um, he wins the hardcore title three times. He is, is he in that match where Fit Finley almost died? Well, that was just my body. Uh <laughs> What's trying to escape from your body? A fart. Um, but I don't fart into microphones. Oh, you mean the junkyard invitational that they didn't that they shot live and didn't yep. pre-plan and did just actually in a junkyard because yep. they were running out of money as a company. Yep. Yeah, he was in that unadvertised. They didn't advertise yep. any of the participants, which is why a bunch of people got hired that day and got contracts for a year because they just needed bodies that would agree to do that. It's so weird. Yeah, and Fit Finley takes like a body slam on a car and then his entire back explodes. Yeah, because he gets fucking like um, fucking MRIS or whatever, or um, essentially a staph infection in his spine. Yeah. Jesus Christ. So you were watching WCW in around 2000 with Terry Funk. I. When he was the commissioner? I blotted out this whole thing. You know, I I think. (laughs) I I used to watch a lot of Thunder. Yeah. Like, I I was. I really liked. 
speaking of the goddamn mic, John, uh, I uh, <laughs> I really liked. I wasn't going to talk in this moment. I was just stretching my arm. Mm, but uh, I really liked uh, the Thunder era where Rick Steiner couldn't move anymore, and they didn't really like. Terry Funk's not doing Thunder. Like he's too old a man. He's like, oh, I'm not doing. That's not true at all. They definitely did Thunder. He wrestled with Bret Hart or in Bret Hart's actual last match. Oh yeah. So a week after Starcade, when Bill Gore, Bill Goldberg literally kicked Bret Hart's fucking head into another galaxy, they were like, "Oh, by the way, you need to wrestle the Commissioner in a hardcore match." <laughs> and the Commissioner is Terry Funk, and Terry Funk beats the fuck out of Bret Hart. Of course. There's one shot that they show over and over again where he takes the lid of a gimmick trash can, mm-hmm. and it's already bent from being hit. So Terry takes it the other way, where it's like bent into a point. And hits Brett with that. And he was in a tag team called the Old Age Outlaws. No, no, he brought in the Old Age Outlaws. He was not in the Old Age Outlaws. He was the leader of the Old Age Outlaws. That's not how it happened on TV. He brought them in Mm -hmm. and said that he's not part of them because he's too young. (laughs) Who are the Old Age Outlaws? I cannot remember. I think one of them was Jimmy Snuka. Maybe Ricky Steamboat. (laughs) Because he's too young. Tully Blanchard, I think. When you... When your company, and no offense to the man, because we've been talking about him for a while, and he's great, but when your whole, uh, we're going to really make a mark against WWE is, <laughs> let's give Terry Funk the mic and let him sing, you know? You're let's trouble. really revive this Ric Flair-Terry Funk feud from legit, like, what, that 11 years ago? More than that, like, yeah. Realistically, that feud dates back to the middle 80s. It's terrifying. Like, oh, God. So, <laughs> Terry Funk in WCW for a spell, still doing hardcore matches. Um, and then he uh, and the, he he starts doing the independent uh, circuit. Um, he does a couple spot dates with the, the WWE. Um, he Why got, wouldn't you? He got inducted into the Hall of Fame uh, with Dory in 2009. At WrestleMania 2-5. Yeah, WrestleMania. Oh yeah, that was WrestleMania two five. Yep. Oh goddamn. Um, an amazing wrestler continues to wrestle and retire. It's <laughs> the best thing about him. Why didn't he go to One Night Stand? John, please. He didn't go to the first One Night Stand because they were doing a hardcore homecoming that same weekend as a way to basically glom off of what the WWE was doing because of all the success of the uh, ECW Rise and Fall DVD. So they were given a contract, and he felt that the WWE had nothing to do with what ECW represented. So on another documentary called Forever Hardcore, he shows the um, contract and basically explains that I don't feel that that company truly represented what ECW was all about, even though I love Vince McMahon. Then they did it. But of course, Terry Funk loves him that Skrilla. So when um, it came time for uh, ECW One Night Stand, Part two, where they launched um, uh, WWE CW off the back of. He was there to fight in a hardcore mixed tag match uh, with him, Beulah McGillicuddy, and Tommy Dreamer versus Edge, Mick Foley, and Lita. Now, Beulah McGillicuddy, not a wrestler. Tommy Dreamer, not really a wrestler. Terry Funk, cannot walk. Mick Foley, beginning the of the end, even though he is already retired. But John... Um... <laughs> yoga right <laughs> very uh, good buddy yeah i can suck my own fucking cock now that's why a- you do yoga when do we get to the part where we can suck our own cocks that's at the end of this I'll stop I'll, I'll sit down when you teach me how to suck my own cock lady <laughs> is that what you do at every yoga studio can you suck your own pussy can yeah you- i walk in and i ask if she can suck her own pussy and she doesn't say yes then i leave because she's not good enough at yoga <laughs> um the other thing about the House of Hardcore, I mean, maybe it's just my placement because I view the Fed as a bigger company and bigger paydays, blah, blah, blah. But I can't imagine getting, like, the House of Hardcore would have paid more because he did, like, a fucking Hardcore Homecoming, sorry. Because yeah. he did a Barbour match with Sabu. No, he did a rematch with him, Shane Douglas, and um, Sabu. That wasn't supposed to have barbed wire, but did. No, he did later. <laughs> so, uh, he, but he then did they just later did barbed it. wire matches um, uh, with them. But it's also weird that like Mick Foley is at the Hardcore Homecoming and isn't at, uh, and then is also at ECW One Night Stand. 
Like there are guys that did both. Like he just didn't agree with them doing it. And then the next year was like, fuck it. I like money. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense for guys like Foley. And I think Terry Funk could have been a guy like that too. Just guys who are like so well liked in wrestling that they don't really need. Oh, no, wait. He was at he was at the second one night stand. Yeah, I already talked about all that while you were peeing. Oh, <laughs> they shouldn't have known I was peeing. Well, you're going to have to edit all of this out. No, he was, already, he was at the second one night stand. They had this weird match with him, Beulah, and Tommy versus Lita Edge and uh, Foley. They really didn't make any sense, and then they had respect for each other. The ECW, the WWE, ECW is just so fucking annoying. That one night stand was such a bag of shit. Though the Edge Cena match is great, just for the fan chanting. Terry Funk doesn't really stick around again. Just moves off, goes onto the independent scene, occasionally pops up in Japan, all that sort of stuff. He would have been a great authority figure. Imagine he was the anonymous Raw general manager. Guess what, Jake? Sucking dogs, Michael Cole. He's my saddlebag. <laughs> I don't think he could have been. I think uh, I don't think he could have been the general manager. I think that like Terry Funk's last sixteen years of wrestling has really been described by just like spot. Pardon me, spot events. You know, absolutely. Like he'll show up in a tag match in Japan because they weigh for as hard as a workers. Sorry, for as hard workers they are in Japan, they still won't book you to headline a show when you're 60 they'll just put you in an early event tag match he's been at the gathering of the juggalos because who hasn't been i want to go to the gathering of the juggalos the gathering of the juggalos seems like stuff i would like we have friends that could get us in yeah yeah we have people who can pull us some juggalo strings yeah guys i don't know if any listeners at home want to uh google our pictures and kiss the screen but it might be a good idea considering we got friends that have a juggalo connections i got hook ups for cocaine yeah um all right so what's your favorite thing about the last part of t-funk's career how he would always try and apply the uh spinning toe hold and he never <laughs> got it on I think that's a really good uh, adaptation is like, well, this no longer works because he's one of those guys. He's one of the only guys to have a multi-decade career where he wasn't just doing the same tired shit for no, the last he like reinvented himself so well. But there were also little cu- like cues and fun things like that where he would always go for the spin yeah. toe and they just punch him. Or <laughs> kick him with the other leg. Yeah. Yeah, that was a really fun thing. Yeah, because he did that during a lot during the Outlaws, right? He would just try and do the spinning toe hold. Always. And they just kick him. <laughs> for those of you who never seen the spinning toe hold, the spinning toe hold is just the first part of the figure four leg lock, basically. Yeah, but then you release. You can. There's two ways to do it. You either keep releasing it and keep spinning. Yeah. Or you just keep that fucking pressure on that toe, baby. Yeah. You can make a man tap out just from his toes. You need your tootsies. And it's bizarre that this is the finishing move of a man when they would protect the industry at all costs. That's the weird thing. It's like the Luthez press was the big closer. and Basically, he was just like, suck my dick. (laughs) (laughs) I pinned you. It looks like this is a prelude to rape. Well, I think that's why Buddy Rogers was able to get get over so bad with the figure four leg lock. If you're comparing that with like, he punched him in the heart to a figure four leg lock, you're like, that's... That's fucking crazy amazing. Yeah. There's a, the other thing is uh, that Funk, you can see, uh, like, he's one of those be- uh, one of those great workers who obviously is constantly reinventing himself um, from everything from his finishing moves, who, like, because he did this great thing where uh, he would just use better old guy finishing moves. Like, he would, every old guy used the sleeper in the late 90s. But oh, he, my God. They would love it. Yeah. He was a... Uh, and uh, he was the the pile driver, which and this is how you get a finishing move over, really, as we talked about it in the uh, first part of this. But he pile drove Ric Flair onto the table, knocking Ric Flair out for a while. Thus, now he has a new finishing move to be feared. Yeah, like that's out. all you need to do to reinvent somebody is give him a couple, give him like three months. Like you don't even need to get now. It, you don't even need to give them that much time off. You can just give them. Like since it's every week in three hours, it'll seem like a year if it's been four months, and then they just come back and DDT somebody. In the I have same a new way that, like, if they bring the curb stomp nap back now, yeah, it will be a big fucking deal because they're like, holy shit, he hasn't done that in two years. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. 
Exactly. So your best thing is uh, his face. His best thing is his lack of using of the spinning toehold. What's your best thing? I think my favorite thing... My favorite thing is... And I don't think it's his work... I don't think it's through any, like, choice of his own, but just the fact that the man goddamn added a moonsault and the way Great the moonsault looked Fucking because it was just like, oh, I'm trying my hard... Like, he always looked like he was trying his hardest and the... Whereas re- some wrestlers make that choice because they're athletic and they can they can move their body in a in a way to make it look like oh I'm not trying or I am trying I literally think at every passing second that man was trying his goddamn hardest to do everything and he did a moonsault and uh, not just a moonsault he did a moonsault off a fucking ladder all the time with less grace than Bam Bam Bigelow like it was not. I mean, God bless Terry Funk. That is an old man moonsault right there. He's like, I'm going to fucking do this. <laughs> he got a flip. He got a fucking flip. He fucking. Other per, other wrestler. Why maybe, did he name start? the other wrestler of a similar age who tried to adopt the moonsault and could never do it. Do you know who it was? Could never do it. He would just be dead. He tried to do it in exercises and couldn't do the flip. Uh, I don't know. Ric Flair. Ric Flair. Ric Flair tried to do a moonsault? Ric Flair tried to bring in the moonsault in the 90s. What? Yeah. Well, that's the thing, though, because I think Rick, I think Terry Funk answers a question, a really bizarre one, that no one's ever asked until right now. The wrestler <laughs> review. Um, hashtag wrestler review. Hashtag lariat. Hashtag shut up your fat. What is worse for your body? One, getting stabbed with a sword one time, <laughs> <laughs> or taking fifteen thousand headlock takeovers? Is uh, apparently it's the headlock because Flair like uh, you can't. Here's also the difference. You can't though. sit there and tell me that Ric Flair and Terry Funk aren't comparably, like, are comparably athletic to each other. Like, and even they're, and Flair is younger than Terry Funk. Yeah. So you can't like. So it's well within the reason that Flair could also do the moonsault. It's just that Terry Funk kept his body in better shape. That's crazy. Yeah. Because although it's like like getting sta- getting hit looks bad. But it's also if you look at Terry Funk's style, Terry Funk is a way more versatile um wrestler, a way more versatile style. His body is also a, is structured a lot better. He never was carrying that much extra weight. Yeah, like he doesn't he never Flair He wasn't as big. He like wasn't Flair as bulky. worked out, but Flair was also fat from the 90s. No. Yeah, he had flab on him. He always had flab on him. You look at Ric Flair, everyone was like, oh, Rick. I remember in the 90s thinking, oh, Ric Flair looks gross with his shirt off of, and then I saw Ric Flair in the 80s, and I was like, that's about the same. No, like, it's all about the same. a bit more cut. The only difference is he's... Yeah, a bit. But, but it's been 15 years at that point. But the thing is, is that he's super cut in the 80s... Super cut. ...for being the only guy not doing steroids. Oh, like That's the one thing cut. is, Ric Flair was the heavyweight champion, champion of the world, never did steroids. I'm cut, too. Yeah, Fucking cut on the dick. Everyone knows. You're nice. like a Jew down there. Cirque du Soleil. It's a Cirque du Soleil around your lady. Hey. Now that I think about it, Terry Funk might be one of the, well, a premier worker because <laughs> did he did he almost explode a bunch? Yes. Was he stabbed? Yes. Did he bleed so much? But he kind of did a lot. Uh, he kind of switched his style to being able to get away with not doing that much. Like he pretty much turned himself into Mr. Punch Kick, yeah, he but he just was so good at it. And I don't even mean across. And I'm he would punch- aside from the hardcore <laughs> shit. He could make it look like he would do anything in a match, even if you weren't allowed to do shit. Well, it's like- also the beautiful thing of having the gimmick of being the crazy fuck, which is like you just go out of the ring yeah. for two minutes and like ah, he's looking for a weapon. Yeah, like- yeah, yeah. Oh, he can't find a weapon. He's throwing everything around. Like yeah. it would be so cool. If they just did, they can't do it because it's a publicly traded company. But like the lunatic fringe, think about how Terry Funk and Dean Ambrose, and because they even like before the Lesnar match, Ambrose had the Lesnar match, they did a. Terry Terry Funk brought him a chainsaw, yeah. Yeah. But think about Terry Funk now, and like, because I was thinking about this beforehand and I didn't mention it till actually. Terry Funk and Dean Ambrose basically, at a certain point, kind of have the same upbringing because. Dean Ambrose did a lot of death matches in CZW and shit. Yeah. And Terry Funk did a lot of death matches. And they're kind of playing the same character because Dean Ambrose is crazy, man. So is Terry Funk. But just like, they should just, like, literally, Terry Funk throws chairs around and throws them at fans and puts people at risk. And uh, Dean Ambrose, he'll just get ice cream whenever you think, 
he's just going to get ice yeah. cream, guys. Oh, what kind of clothesline is that called? It's the goofy line because he's goofy. <laughs> oh, Terry Funk's uh, oh, the, the 80s crazy guy. Oh, yeah, he'll run through the audience with a knife trying to stab, picking out who you love most out of your family yeah. and stabbing them. But Dean Ambrose, sometimes, sometimes he puts peanut butter and honey on the sandwich. And that's ham sandwich. <laughs> he doesn't eat bread because gluten is bad. Worst thing about Terry Funk, mine is I don't have one. <laughs> I'm going to say his hips. He's got no hips. <laughs> All right. I'll go with the worst thing about him is that knees aren't indestructible. Is uh, what part of his body? I just want to go back We should just, uh, we should, if you can uh, amend this, I want to know how much of Terry Funk's body is artificial. I'm going to say it's 30%. Because he doesn't have knees and he doesn't have hips. Doesn't have knees, doesn't have hips. Two balls. <laughs> made yeah, he keeps his fucking balls. And my testicles are made out of chewing tobacco and a couple of eggs, you old salty dog. <laughs> Inducted into the. I hope his. Uh, I didn't really. I'm assuming his Hall of Fame speech was just very like nice and just like. Oh, That's the thing is, this industry was so good to me, but I wish it was just like I still fuck my wife. I'm gonna go fuck her right now. It maintains my theory: the crazier you are professionally, the more calm, normal you are personally. Like, think about it. Jimmy Fallon this week, they're like that guy has been drunk since Saturday Night Live. He's a <laughs> fucking lunatic. Yeah. Google Jimmy Fallon drunk and you're like, wow, these are just a lot of, a lot of phone camera shots of a drunk guy. Um, <laughs> are they? Yeah. Well, Jimmy Fallon has that pasted on terrifying smile. And then Howard Stern, like literally, is just like, you're a lesbian. Let's fuck. And then goes home and is like, I've had a glass of wine. That's too much. Time to go to the doctor. Like, <laughs> all right, guys. Um, I we did a promo last week for Terrifying. Uh, so this week, uh, we're going to exit the show. With the um, Fame speech? Mm, well, all right. I'm going to do a promo, but then I'm going to also include Great Texan by Terry Funk, his number one hit single. Was that number one? I knew it was platinum selling because I bought all the copies. Great Texan, released in 1984, just before his Fed run. Because, goddamn, when Sylvester Stallone likes you. I think you Terry Funk's the on. best wrestler ever. He might be the most versatile and best wrestler ever. It might be the best wrestler ever due to the fact that, like, sometimes it's better to have a team player than the best. You know what I mean? Like, mm. can you imagine Bret Hart being an upper mid-carder? Like, oh, Bret Hart's never. probably better than Terry Funk. He's a great heel. Uh, he's a great worker. I mean, his promos aren't as good. But Terry Funk, you can plug him into any single time in wrestling history, and he's fantastic. Late 90s, he can do that fucking stupid hardcore style. Uh, if he worked now, he'd probably be... I mean, he still was doing junior heavyweight spots in the late 90s, so for sure he could. Yeah. And then fucking, uh, and then obviously shoot style. But think about this also is that Bret Hart also would never just be in a tag team for a bit. Yeah. Bret Hart would need to break the tag team up and be clearly the best part of the tag team. Yeah, it's the best. Yeah. And he loves his family, and we love you, Terry. And You're also, I want to say this. Dog every shoot interview I've listened to with this man, he never really... Uh, he doesn't attack anyone. He doesn't attack anybody. He's just like, well, I could see how you do that. Um, he also, no one has anything bad to say about nope. him. Nope. Like, and like Ric Flair has turned on everyone at this point. Yeah. No problems. Also, I want to say this. Uh, suggested listening is uh, there's a Ric Flair, Terry Funk interview from the short time Ric Flair had a podcast where Ric Flair just lists off who's dead. It's great. I, I, and he's like, do you hear about... Do you hear about uh, Do you hear about Bunkhouse Buck? What happened to Bunkhouse Buck? Can't walk. <laughs> do you hear about uh, Dick Slater? What happened to Dick Slater? Can't walk either. Won't talk to anybody. It's like, well, Ric Flair is my nana. Isn't that interesting? Well, here's the Just thing like, with Ric who's Flair. Here's, who's sick and dying? Ric Flair went so quickly from being champion of the world to that woman who hangs out at the beauty school because she just <laughs> likes the smell of the chemicals. <laughs> Ric Flair, you're the greatest. All right? Ric Flair, your three-part episode. First part, early career. Second part, late career. Third career. Third part, oh, God, oh, God, what's happened, oh, God? No, third part will be when we uh, catch up with him and uh, see his dick. <laughs> it won't be that. Dylan. Yes, I will. Guys. I don't know what you're talking about, John. Sure, Dylan got... I'm Dylan Gott. You're Dylan Gott. We're all Dylan Gott. 
can do 